Welcome to On Air with Tatiana D. The hottest motivation show in your suburbs. Do you feel the daily routine is catching up? Are you a champion of your game? And you need an extra dose of positivity? Let's find out together how to live a happier life without stress or negativity. This is a story-driven podcast where we talk about motivation, inspiration, and success in almost our post-COVID reality. Hello, and we are back to On Air with Tatiana D. Today, I have a very interesting person. He's an actor. He's a comedian. And overall, a very positive, upbeat person. <laughs> who has over at least over 150 credits on his IMDb. So I would be very much interested to welcome him in and ask him how he actually does it, how he keeps his positive attitude and being always upbeat, fun, and smiley. Jason, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. So Jason, what is your story? Well, I think... Um... I'll tell you an experience I had today. So right now I'm in the process of uh, co-writing, co-producing, co-acting in the second season of my Amazon series, uh, Smothered, which you guys can see at smotheredtv.com. And I had gotten an audition right before I was supposed to go into uh, dailies to watch dailies and pick things that we were going to shoot in a production meeting and then a rehearsal and then shoot the next day two scenes and then I also had in my head two other scenes from the next week that we're going to shoot so my head was just full and then I got two uh, auditions in a row from my agent for other projects which is a wealth of uh, opportunities but of course I felt panicked one of them was simple. It was a uh, episodic television. I play a, a policeman or a detective of sorts who was exhausted, which was easy because I was exhausted. <laughs> and then, which I was able to put on tape with a friend on Monday after the shoot. And then the next one was for a very big studio film with a very big movie star who is a wonderful artist who I've always wanted to work with. And it was a, a, a very grand character. Now, I've always said over and over again of late that my story has been that there are no good roles for gay men over 50. And I mostly play straight people or ambiguous characters. And this role was a big gay role, a big supporting role in a, in a big film of a studio with some incredible mm -hmm. players, people that I've dreamed of working with. And I just got so panicked in my head. I thought, oh my God, how can I put another thing into this brain and uh, be able to do a good job? Plus the actual part were, that I had to audition with was four scenes. And it wasn't a self tape where you would put it on tape and send it so you could do it as many times as you needed. Exactly. It was to be done with the casting director on Zoom like I'm doing right now. So. Okay. The idea of positive energy and being positive and grateful, and I'm always grateful. I don't get a lot of opportunities to audition for incredible parts within in studio films. They don't make a lot of them anymore. And, uh, you know, you don't get those kind of opportunities every day. So I was panicked. 
And I thought, okay, I called a number of friends. I said, I'm going to be home back at home Monday. And I started working at it after I did the, uh, put the audition on tape for the episodic. And then I worked with three different people in one day over and over and over again. I underlined, I, I read about the character because it's a real person. I did everything that I knew in my power as an actor who's been uh, working for over 40 years. And I thought, hmm, I finally got a pocket. I finally got comfortable. And I realized that when opportunity meets talent, things happen. Again, in the morning, again, I worked on it. I went to my exercise class. I worked on it again with another friend. Then he called me back and right before the audition, I worked on it for 15 minutes. I kept taking time down, doing it, taking time down, doing it. Then I went to read with the casting director on Zoom. She couldn't have been nicer. And the first thing she said after the first scene was, oh my God, you, you were just wonderful. And I went, oof. Hmm. All right, my work shows my positive energy is, is coming through. I'm grateful. I didn't try to act like I didn't care. I had a manager that used to tell me to act like you don't care, be a little distant, you know. I said, I'm just going to be myself. I asked for what I needed. I said, I need to do it was four scenes. I need time in between to stop the tape and start again because I was playing different ages and different times and different emotions. I read more. She gave me adjustments, things I wouldn't have known because I didn't have the whole script. And then at the end, she was so complimentary. She didn't, it seemed like she didn't want to hang up, but I, I hung up, of course, because I didn't want to say something stupid at the end. But I, um, I, I totally just realized that, you know, again, once again, even at this late stage in my career and this age that I am, that you do get scared sometimes. You are uncomfortable sometimes. But you work through it. You just keep working through it and you ask for support and you show up. Because I almost canceled. I almost said, I don't want to be bad in front of this big casting director. I won't, it's too big of an opportunity to not do a good job and not have the time. But I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. And I just did the best that I could do and I showed up. And it was an, one of the best experiences I've had as an actor in a long time at an audition. So those are the things that I do in life. I ask for support and I, and I reach out. Well, I hope you're going to get to the part because it sounds very interesting. And I, I know the rules of the game. So you're not going to say who was the big actor. Not right now. No, I'm not going to say I, anything. I understand. I understand. I've been in the business for a long time, but just the mentioning that it was something big sounds very interesting, intriguing. And I hope you're going to get it because that's going to be a really good thing for you too. I absolutely love how you said about just show up because right now there is not just right now a lot of times <clears throat> but especially now with first with pandemic uh, the, all of the fears and now we're almost out of the pandemic and people are afraid what the hell are going to happen after pandemic and stuff like that because well, there's a lot yes it's been a very difficult even know how to two years anymore. Yes. like even sometimes when I go out of the house and I will forget my mask, I feel that my face is naked, you know. <laughs> so saying just... Well, you just never know. I had a, a film that I was doing, an independent film with a woman that I had worked with before, and she cast me in the film. I actually helped her get mm -hmm. some other name actors for the, the part, uh, for different parts in the film. And uh, we, a week before the pandemic, 
closed down California, uh, we were supposed to start and fly to Atlanta. And then my friend who didn't want to leave her husband during a pandemic, not knowing whether she could get back or not. My other friend had parents that were older, that were ill, and he yeah. didn't want to leave them. And uh, she didn't understand. And she, uh, we said, we can't come. Can we postpone? And uh, she basically fired all of us and was very upset. This is a person I'd worked with several times, never had a call back, never had a, anything. And then I saw a um, trailer for the film and I saw that they used, I think, non-union actors or people that were not as experienced. And uh, that you know, really kills the quality of the work. But I think so, yes. And you rush to do things and your sound isn't as good or your set isn't art direction isn't as good or your emotions not going to be the right one if a actor is inexperienced but however for the last two years we lived under such a fear of yeah I felt, I felt terrible i felt terrible to have to do this to a friend and someone that i had worked with but yeah. you know your health is really really important and also i had brought in those other people so th these kind of things happen and you have to sort of find a way to, uh, you are saying about being a positive person. Well, I'm wishing them well, and I'm wishing uh, everybody to be uh, safe. You just, at that time, two years ago, you just did not know what was going to happen. And you could get really ill and, and pass away. People did. And I wasn't willing to do that or have my friends do that. I absolutely understand that. And uh, without the information, without the right information. Oh, yeah, of course. But I, I, I'm not sure. Have you? I, I've been pretty open about it uh, on on air and on my Facebook. I myself got hit really bad in uh, November 2020. I was in the hospital. I barely made it. It was a miracle that I actually made a life out of it. So yeah, I understand how bad it is and how important is support and love and some cheer and smiles. So that's the important thing. So my next question apparently would be, who is your biggest influence? Role oh model? God, there's so many. In terms of being an actor, I would say the one when I was a kid, well, oh, sorry, there I forgot to turn off my email. Um, would probably have been Dustin Hoffman. He was a great character actor. And then as I got older, Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, I loved uh, the opportunities that Whoopi Goldberg got because I saw she was unusual and different and, and I felt unusual and different. And I thought if she can get, you know, work, then I can work. So they, that, she gave me a lot of hope. Um, and uh, all, th those were people that I just looked up and I wanted to be, uh, somehow is um, as good as they are. When I was in Birth of a Nation, I worked with uh, Nate Parker, and he was just amazing, and Army Hammer, and uh, 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 Anjanu Ellis, and Coleman Domingo, and Roger Ganver Smith, and the late Esther Scott, and so many wonderful actors that I, I, I want people to be better than me so I can lift myself. I want to work with people, you know, of course, we always strive to uh, tailor our dreams by somebody who we deem to be bigger and interesting, more interesting than we do, and go after them. So that's that's wonderful. Uh, have you ever worked with any of those names you mentioned earlier? Yes, I work with all of them on The Birth of a Nation, which is a film I did five years ago. And that film... I played a white heterosexual Christian plantation owner in 1831, and that changed my my life somewhat. Hmm. 
you know. Uh, How so? Well, it's the idea of being in a film about a black abolitionist who was the first one to fight against the white slave owners. And I really, um, I really have had dreams my whole life of playing a character in a film that tells a story that we haven't seen before from another point of view, which uh -huh. is the, the point of view of Nate Parker, the actor who uh, was a director, writer, producer, star of the film, and hearing different, um, different opportunities to show your work to people. And to be a part of such incredible uh, actors just just brings you up. And I felt like, you know, I felt like they were uh, carrying me through uh, this incredible creative experience. And it, it, it stayed with me for a very long time. And it's the kind of things that I've wanted to do my whole life. So that was one film. When I worked, got to work with Kara Sedgwick on The Closer, that was incredible. When I got to work with Angela Lansbury when I was very young on Murder, She Wrote, when I got to work with the whole cast of Will and Grace. And I wow. worked on a, a, a little show called, uh, uh, what was it called? Um, Swedish Dicks with Keanu Reeves. I'm such a big movie star who was also nervous doing episodic television. And I was the guest actor that week to work on Love for Judd Apatow and be so surrounded by creativity. So I've been very lucky in my career and very lucky a lot to have had these opportunities and it just has felt great who is one actor you have not worked yet with but you would dream to work and why well um hmm i guess meryl streep mm -hmm. uh, denzel washington um morgan freeman paul giamatti i mean there's so many i don't know if you have enough time <laughs> I will have time for you. We can go on <laughs> because it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Why would you want to work with um, Denzel Washington? Well, he has, I have to say, he has this uncanny ability for language, which is not my easiest thing. I have to work really hard for that, you know, because I'm dyslexic. So that I really admire him. Uh, Meryl Streep, her ability to play all these different characters is why I fell in love with her and, and Dustin Hoffman, you know, to play. That's what I want to do. I want to disappear. I, you know, if you go on my website, which is my name, jasonstewart.com, S-T-U-A-R-T, you can see my demo reel, which I play, you know, everything to a crazy, you know, victim-y, wifey kind of gay man and smothered to playing a plantation owner in the birth of a nation to playing a foppish guy in in uh sleepy hollow to a very self-involved therapist in love to uh these them and those guys talks like this in uh, uh ella oh discovering ella a little film i did to playing a sweet man who in who doesn't have a voice and hank all these different roles with different voices different accents different intentions i remember i, I made a film called immortal a couple of years ago and i played this detective who and all it said is that he has a low voice and he's intimidating and i did something different than i ever did is i played the the crap out of those two things and then 
when uh, Sam Levine from Freaks and Geeks was the guy that I did the, my scenes with. It was like a six minute scene in a film that was basically all me. And uh, he basically gave me my performance because of his reactions to what I was doing. And he was just so lovely. So things like that really stick with me. Interesting. Um, what role are you dreaming to play in the future? Well, the one I just auditioned for, which as I can't are. tell you as of yet. Okay, well, guess what? Let me tell you thing, this. When you will get, and I'm sure you're going to get, I just have a good feeling that you're going to get this role. So once you will finish <laughs> that role. You never know. There's so many, there's so many things. It's but not just for people, home, for people at home listening. You know, so I, I got the audition. I get to meet with a casting director. That's, that's a win because most of the time you send your auditions in and sometimes they don't even watch the tapes because they have either decided or they want to work with certain agencies or they have somebody in their head that they want to play the role or they look, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Know, you. There's so many elements and then you got to get them to see the, the performance and then you got to get them to send to the powers that be. And this is the studio, the director, the uh, producers, the writers, you know, everything. There's so many hoops to jump through. Oh, I understand. But what I'm saying, let's hope that you're going to get it. And once well, you I, get it, I hope so. And you will be done with the project. Then you're going to come back yet again. And you'll tell us that was the role. When everything is in public and, you know, you're not minded so. by non-disclosure non agreement, then... Well, oh, I haven't signed anything yet. I just think it's best not to yeah, until yeah, you... Exactly. Yeah. I understand. I, yeah. I understand. So that's a cool one. Um... What, how, how you survive, how you position yourself when there is so many people around of you being negative at this time and you're a comedian. So let's talk more about well, your- Well, in terms of how do I survive, you know, in this business, it's total denial of any reality. Because the idea that anybody like me could ever get anything, uh, you know, that that's as big and work with everyone from George Clooney to Faye Dunaway, you know, is is insane. I mean, the idea that this happened for a little. My father was a Holocaust survivor who worked as the vice president of a necktie manufacturing company. My mom was a beautician who married a lot of people. Um, you know. Uh, you just, you know, you, you, you just have to be in denial. <laughs> I mean, I, basically, I thought I raised myself to be a star. And then when that didn't work out, I realized that I wanted to become the best character actor that I could be. And then when I couldn't get work as an actor, I started doing stand up. And then when stand up went down, I, I got a deal for a book and I, my autobiography that came out two years ago called Shut Up, I'm Talking which you oh can God, get on Amazon if you want. And that goes from uh, the beginning of my life till uh, the birth of a nation and wow. tells how I got that role. And then, you know, when you, you when I can't do that, I'll do stand up in the theater, I'll do it in a comedy club or I'll host an event to make money or I'll speak uh, on what it's like to be an openly gay person in the film industry or 
about diversity or I, I speak about, I do classes occasionally on uh, the business of show business, how to, how to, to, for other actors. And I do that. So there's all sorts of different things you do to, um, to be proactive and to create a, an artist's life. Wonderful. I see there was one of the projects, I just want to ask, uh, projects you were part of called Leforama. Could you tell us a little more about I'm that? Sorry, I didn't understand what you said. Can you say that again? Leforama. I don't know what that is. Spell it. Like laugh, L-A-U-G-A. Laforama? Oh, it must be one of the stand-up shows I did. I don't remember. I've done thousands. <laughs> I, I've done so many, I don't remember. <laughs> Forgive me. No problem. That means you're a good stand-up actor, and when you're getting that many gigs. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes I don't remember everything. I've been doing this a long, long time. So what is your favorite joke? My favorite joke of late? Oh, is a hashtag, I don't live with my mother. I live next door. <laughs> She lives in, I live, we live in this apartment building and it's a fourplex. I live up here and then she lives down below. It's like an L, which okay. stands for loser. Cause that's me. You know, I'm a spinster. No one loves me. I'm all by myself. When kids throw balls on my lawn, I keep them. But if they're over 21, they get to stay. <laughs> that's my new favorite. Definitely. Joke. Yeah. I love your sense of humor. That's cool. Um, what would you say to people who are not in such a good mood right now and, and need some pick-me-up? Uh, the things can change it on a dime and to uh, make a list. I do this all the time. I make a list of what I'm grateful for. That's a good And uh, I do that a lot. Actually, I'm going to steal that idea from you about making this list because, well, I'm a little behind on my, behind on my schedule. I was planning to start in January uh, a project, Random Act of Kindness, where people would share what they do and how they do the good things for each other. And then my entire family got hit with COVID for a second time. Thank God it was Omicron and not the original. So nobody went to the hospital. So it was much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But the problem was with me hosting a podcast, I got it was either severe case of laryngitis or whatever. I was barely able to talk. And that was the moment when I realized that apparently I do talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of recording my own blurbs, not every time I interview people, a lot of times I record whatever I want to say, I was out of breath and out of voice, and I all I could have done is just to shut up and keep silent all day to the time when I'm interviewing somebody, I would ask all my questions, and it would be a, a lot lesser than I am right now, and then I would just like pop the episode up, and I would not be able to speak to the rest of the day. So that's how it was for entire January. So finally, I'm hoping I'm out of all the COVID illnesses and whatever. So right now it's the time I'm having such a blast interviewing people and talking to myself. So that, that's kind of cool. 
So that's well, why you have to you have to you have to be more careful. You have to take care of yourself, your family, and you have to you know you have to know that it's not easy to stay healthy these days. It's just not as simple as Absolutely. it was. We have to be more grateful about our health, and we have to be more uh, open about the idea of you know that we can't have everything the way we want it. You know those days are over. Definitely, and I hope we all stay healthy and we'll keep the peace around us. And not just around us, but across the ocean too, because God knows something is cooking up in Europe and none of us really likes it right now. So Well, it's all about democracy in our country. Yeah. And the, the idea, and I think Trump has uh, changed the world. Trumpism has changed the world in such a big way, the same way with the... Uh, President of, uh, or the Prime Minister of of, uh, London, of England, uh, it's just been very, very um, scary. Interesting, scary, and challenging times. And I hope that everybody will uh, be able to be safe, not hungry, loved, and not alone. I never talk about politics. That's not what this show about. But sometimes when it warrants, I will touch up on this and that, but I am always trying to be as neutral as possible. Well, it's hard because the whole, the, the, there is no neutral in the world because oh, yeah. it's where you well, stand. Well, I'm like a Switzerland, Switzerland, I am neutral regardless. But, it, but it's it's where we stand as a human yes. beings and what we care about. And I think, I, I think the opposite, I think you have to stand up now and tell the truth and without, without, um, vilifying other people but find a way to um that's a good way of thinking too without a I mean, you have to i think you have to stand up i've been you know i i remember when i was doing uh red carpets for birth of a nation people kept asking me how you feel about playing a plantation owner in this film and black lives matter and, da, da, da. and they kept asking me and i said look this is what it, this is the deal i'm honored to be in this film to be a part of telling this story so for people to see what you can see on Amazon now for a couple dollars, it's a brilliant film. I will the, watch it, definitely. The Birth of a Nation. And I said, you know, what I do is I take off my shoes, I put on the shoes of my black brothers and sisters, and then I shut up and I listen. So sometimes it's not for us to have an opinion about something. It's for us to listen to other people. That's true. I and I do that a lot in life. That's a big deal for me. Is it necessary, I say to myself all the time, to give my opinion on this? Is it necessary for me to tell this person how to lead their life? But I can tell them how I lead my life and how uh, what has made things work for me. I hear you. I hear you. Well, that's wonderful. Who is, I'm looking at the back of your wall, and I see the photograph there. It looks like Lenin. But I doubt it. No, those are all pictures of me, unfortunately. Oh, that's a picture of you. Why, unfortunately? That's a good picture. Um, I, I had a therapist that told me that I should put up my the things, the awards, the pictures and stuff. And uh, so I did. Only in my office, though. This is the only room that they're up. You know, this is it. But that's a good idea. Because you can look at yourself at different stages, at a different time of different achievements, and kind of see the steps of the way. And on the days that you're feeling a little blue, you can look and say, God, I did do something, you know? Yeah. 
that was my accomplishment and that by the way was my accomplishment too oh, so that's, that's a good idea so you that's wonderful like i just got nominated for um an award for the first season of smothered which is my series with mitch Hera. we co-wrote co-produced and co-star in it and uh it's i got uh the indie series award for best actor nominated in a comedy and I thought, well, maybe I should put that on the wall. So yeah. I might do it. I haven't done it yet. Maybe I will. I haven't added anything on the wall in years. <laughs> okay. Well, that was very interesting to talk to you and to learn a few things about you. And I'm hoping that sometimes really soon, I would actually like very much to bring you back and talk more. Well, I just, I just got here. You want to keep talking? We can. Thank you. No, thank you very much. No, no, this is fine. Thank you so I much. Know. I'm already coming back. I've, I just finished this one. Yes, you're already coming back. Thank you guys so much. I think you had as much fun listening to Jason as I did and I've learned a couple of things here and there. And uh, I am absolutely looking forward to have him back sometime soon. And with that, I'm wishing you good night. And that's it. It's time to wrap up another episode. You can find any of your favorite episodes anywhere where you are listening to your podcasts. Google, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Could you possibly do me a favor and leave a review there to help other amazing people like yourself to find my podcast faster? If you got a question, suggestion, or just want to say hello, please find me on Instagram at underscore Tatiana Davidoff. Until next episode, stay safe, motivated, peaceful, happy. Bye-bye.